Passionately pursuing prayer in your marriage as a couple. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. As you look at your prayer life with your spouse, I want you to ask yourself this question. Could it be said of us what was said of Hannah, that she was so deeply entrenched in her prayer to the Lord for a child? Uh, could that could that same thing be said of mm-hmm. us that we were taken to be intoxicated? Mm-hmm. Stay with us as we have a conversation mm-hmm. how to passionately pursue prayer in your marriage. What started as a question, God, you created marriage, can you make it work? Soon became a statement, God, you created marriage, you can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to our CFL podcast. And we are doing a part two to our podcast from last week, which is on prayer and just continuing the conversation as we uh, just look at the scripture and Mm -hmm. see the story of Hannah and how have we ever had that sort of prayer? Have we Mm -hmm. ever really just been, you know, flat before the Lord praying over something that we felt like it was the mm-hmm. Lord. It was your will. It, it was mm-hmm. the Lord's will. Did we pray that and with mm-hmm. such fervency? And is there a reason, you know, there's a reason that the Lord does tell us to pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. to to pray like Hannah prayed. And so. Yeah, there's certainly different ways that we pray. Sometimes we're we're praying in the car and we certainly don't want to close our eyes and fold our hands <laughs> while we're right. driving. But we can certainly be praying. Mm-hmm. And having communication with the Lord, uh, we can be going about our day. Uh, we've we've mentioned it before, but Brother Lawrence in practicing the presence of God says I can sense God's presence when mm-hmm. there's the clanging of the dishes when I'm in there working in the kitchen, yeah. uh, as well as in the solitude uh, of mm-hmm. uh, the monastery mm-hmm. that that they were in. And so sometimes maybe we just th- that's why I think this conversation is important because mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we envision prayer as we're gonna. Either as an individual, I'm going to pray and I'm not going to really pray out loud. I'm just going to pray to myself. Mm-hmm. Or when we get with a group of people that somehow we need to uh, sit in our circle or we need to hold hands and we need to just be reverent and quiet. Mm-hmm. And frankly, prayer can look a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we could be in a room filled with people and we're praying and we're agreeing together in prayer. And we can be up and walking around in Hannah's case. Uh, are you drunk? She looked like a drunken woman because of how fervently she was crying out mm-hmm. to the Lord. Have you have you had moments like that in prayer? Yeah, you know, it's interesting as you discuss as we discuss this topic because oftentimes when we when we look at that from our lens, we have to look at our situation and say, well, when do I fervently pray or when do I fervently pray with my spouse or mm-hmm. you know, when do we actually get together and spend time seeking the Lord and whatever it may be. And I think the answer for a lot of people, I know for us, is, well, when when there's a trial or where there's an anxiety or there's something going on with our family that God has to intervene. But 
but shouldn't that be always? Mm-hmm. And I think that if we continue to grow in our faith and we continue to dive into scripture, we, we definitely become more passionate about the things God is passionate about. And he's passionate about souls. He's passionate about people. He's passionate about salvation. He's passionate about people walking the, the walk. And, um, and so it expands that prayer time. It's kind of one of those things like when you go into college, you think you know everything. And then as soon as you take a few classes, you're like, holy cow, I've got a lot to learn. It's the same thing with scripture. When we dive in and passionately seek after the Lord, he begins to expose to us. There's so much out there for us Mm -hmm. to really seek him out after. Mm -hmm. I think we just sit on the here and now. And that, that brings me to, I think when we do passionately pursue prayer, that it leads us to focus on the Lord and think eternally. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think we can get so bogged down with the urgent, with the here and now, with what's in front of us. And we're not we're not saying that those things aren't important. You know, you, your children and holidays and your home and your work. And, you know, all of those areas are areas of worship, potential worship and relationship. And all of those things are good. But what is eternal? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and creating that mindset and I think I think it's kind of like a, a back and forth when you think eternally I think it pushes you to prayer and then when you pray I think that you know reinforces your eternal mindset mm-hmm. yeah Colossians 3 says beginning with verse 1 if then you've been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God Mm. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so we have a very clear room. And that's just one of many scriptures that we can draw to that remind us to have our affections stirred. Mm-hmm. What what's really important? What do we really value? And it's not that the things on earth don't have value, but we have to look at them in light of eternity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you strip those things down, it really brings things into perspective, right? Because I think the the lie of the enemy is to make everything look like this is the end of the world, or this is you know fix it yourself, or or even this thought of. I know you can go to the Lord in prayer because he's very deceitful, right? It's not like he flat out says, don't pray, but mm-hmm. but Satan is very deceitful and says, look, I know the Lord can help you if you pray, but it's within your power to just take care of it, right? To just do this, this, and this. Right. Kind of reminds me of, um, I've been reading uh, once again, I, I, I like reading this book often because it helps me stay in perspective, but um, Jim Simbola's book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, when he was having issues with his daughter, Chrissy, that she had left at the age of 16, he didn't know what to do. And he had tried everything he could in order Mm. to manipulate the situation for her to break up with her boyfriend and to come back home. And it just wasn't happening. And even a friend of his told him, Hey, she's going to do what she's going to do. You're just going to have to accept it. And and, and this is a quote from the, uh, from the book. Uh, Once he says, once again, as back in 1972, there came a divine showdown. God strongly impressed me to stop crying, screaming, or talking to mm. anyone else about Chrissy. I was to converse with no one but God. Mm. In fact, I knew I should have no further contact with Chrissy. Can you imagine that, guys? 
your, your own kid, until mm-hmm. God acted. I was just to believe and obey what I had been preaching so often. Mm-hmm. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer you. You know, I know that Susie and I have one of the one of the funny things in our family is I am not a handyman. There are minor things that I can take care of, <laughs> but for the most part, I can't I can't take care of it. And so whenever like let's just say something in the sink is broken, is there, there's a leak and mm-hmm. I say, oh, I can fix it. Susie says, why don't you call on somebody that actually knows what they're doing so that they can do it right the first time? Because this is going to cost us more afterwards, which usually is the case. I get in there. I try a few things. It gets worse. So all the money I spent on parts, I now go to the expert to come in. So that's when I come over. (laughs) 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 Not because I'm the expert, because we're going to figure this out together. And then Susie says, that's going to cost us triple now. And it's even more expensive. (laughs) Um, Roland can fix it. (laughs) And But I think of that in light of our relationship with God. How often do we go to everybody else or we try to fix it ourselves and we we don't go to the source, you know, and, and the one that tells us to come to him and, and rest in him and passionately seek after him and he will answer us um, in his will and according to to his uh, to his path. And so that's that's something that I think about when when I go to prayer now is, or when there's a situation that arises, whether it's with me and Susie or our family or whatever is all right, where do we go first? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Mm -hmm. Let's passionately seek after him. Let's do this together because I do think that it does bring you together as a husband and wife when you make those things a matter of prayer together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The enemy wants to inhibit us. Mm-hmm. What, whatever our past experiences are, whatever exposure we've had to uh, a certain style of pre- of prayer, uh, or just the flesh in general, we we get inhibited. And when we read a prayer like Hannah's and other prayers in Scripture, they they were uninhibited. In James five, it says Elijah, a man just like us, prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, and then it goes on to say the effectual very specific, fervent, boiling hot prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. And so we have access to a significant weapon of warfare Mm -hmm. that can allow us to come before the Lord uninhibited in our prayer life. I think it's important to keep in mind within a marriage that having an uninhibited prayer life requires an intentionality. Like I think, I think there's the, um, I don't want to call it ease because I don't think it's easy, but there's one thing to the pray without ceasing and open, Mm -hmm. pray without ceasing and open conversation with the Lord continually in a mindset that's conversing back and forth. Mm -hmm. There's that, but then that Roland, what you were talking about, the effectual, fervent prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that requires setting time aside, um, you know, making the space to be able to be uninhibited. You know, and maybe you're listening and you're saying, I don't have that space. Then I would encourage you somehow find a, make a, find a way to make it happen. Like, mm-hmm. what are you willing to sacrifice? Because you know... If you're a person of prayer, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt the benefits that come to you. And I'm not talking about getting what you want. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about that peace that passes all understanding and that drawing closer to one another in, in your relationship with your spouse. Mm-hmm. When you know that that those are rewards, how how 
hard are you going to try to make space for that in your marriage? Hmm. It's it's an area in in a marriage that I think um, all benefit from, because you talk about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that in Philippians chapter four, and when when you are experiencing when as an individual as a couple it, that peace that passes all understanding which is caused by God guarding your heart and your mind right mm-hmm. and that's when you go to prayers he begins that process of guarding your heart and your mind from the evil one and the thoughts that he brings in and the lies that he which we need to call out um but it brings a peace into the home mm-hmm. which now begins to trickle down because if you think of our resource to becoming one the the purpose for your marriage is to reflect the image of God. Mm-hmm. The second one is to reproduce a godly heritage. And then the third one is to reign in spiritual warfare. All three of those area areas are incumbent upon our prayer life. Mm-hmm. It's incumbent upon our prayer lives that we reflect the image of God because naturally we don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to ask the Lord to give us the ability and the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to love each other in that way. Reproducing a godly heritage, bringing peace into your home, mm-hmm. Right. So that your kids can be at peace, so your kids can see the example, and then when you reign in spiritual warfare, I think of of the armor, right? And as you begin to work through the armor, there's a lot of physical pieces that it shares, and a lot of people cut verse 18 short, which says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, and then he and then Paul himself there asked for prayer for the saints and for himself to boldly go out and share the gospel, and so. I think that when you talk about your purpose in your marriage, and that's another podcast that you guys can look back on, um, prayer is at the center of that. We got to passionately pursue that in order to effectively do these things through the power mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. I love just going back to, that's really good to Gio, but the going back to what you were saying earlier too, Roland, with um, praying as you go and, and uh, is it, Andrew, brother Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, okay. Andrew Lawrence. Yeah, or br- brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence, but the the going to going as you go, as 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 the Lord brings mm-hmm. things to mind to bring before Him. Um, that part always was such a blessing to me because I felt like that the time, and yet. I do think that the time that we sit together and we pray, you know, but sometimes it's, you know, when we think about that constant conversation, you know, going back to Sue's, what you were saying, that constant conversation and the time where we're laying in bed, which is often with us when we're, you know, at the end of the day, all these things that have risen up in our home that we are just bringing it before the Lord. And, and I just, I just think that this idea that we can go about our lives and not and not make things a matter of prayer. And, you know, I heard a good friend of mine said, quoted this, and I remember he's a, he was a, a believer, like, I didn't know where, but he says, you know, God helps those who helps them help themselves, you know, like, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure where, where that is in scripture, but. I, I actually know. heard something on that the other day, and I believe it's traced back to Benjamin Franklin. Wow. wow. But it's not a, a Bible not verse. Bible it's <laughs> not a Bible verse, guys. Don't look it up. Don't no. you're not gonna find it in the Bible. But but I think that when we when we just think about that posture of prayer that we're coming that we're submitting to the Lord and we are coming before him and knowing that, you know, that we are also seated with him in the heavenlies. So when we're praying, 
we're not, you know, we're not, we're not beggars, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just feel like, you know, there's been so many times where I felt like I've got to beg God for, for this, you know, for this to change, for this to happen, but that we're seated. We are children Mm -hmm. and we are coming before him and we are, but it's, it's changes us, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not just that we're coming before him and bringing our requests, but it, it changes us that the praying without ceasing is, is not about the need as much as, as, as what, what the, that communication with our father, you know, he he wants to spend time with us. And then we show that we want to spend time with him. Mm -hmm. And it's not just one way communication because prayer is one way, but then he speaks to us through Mm -hmm. scripture. And he also speaks to us when we have koinonia, when we have spiritual fellowship with one another. Mm -hmm. And so that this, uh, you know, That'll be another podcast on how God communicates to us and we're looking to his word all the time, but uh, expressing ourselves through prayer. Deuteronomy 6, the the great Shema, Shema is the Hebrew word for hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And then it goes into how we're to pass this down to our children Mm -hmm. and to our family, back to that, even that reflection piece in our home when they rise up, as they go, when they lie down. And uh, I just think about, Tammy, you mentioned what, what it looks like to do that as we go. And mm-hmm. so I think as we go is just, uh, if you have children, uh, on their way out the door, like we do, mm-hmm. uh, our seven, well, almost 17 year old, 16 year old and, and 11 year old, uh, the, the Lord bless you, my son, uh, when, and they play sports and, and I'll lean over and I'll whisper in his ear and I'll bring his head close to me and say, the Lord bless you, my son. And the Lord causes favor and keep you safe as he goes out to play a game. Like we mm-hmm. don't, we don't have to go to the, go to the end zone and take an E or, you know, mm-hmm. just now all those things are good. And those are, that's one way that we can be uninhibited in our prayer life. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just as we go and as we lay in bed at night mm-hmm. is just to begin to, to call out everything God is, mm-hmm. uh, God, you're King of Kings and you're, you're Lord of Lords. And, and thank you for your love and thank you for your forgiveness. And thank you for being the light of the world. And thank you mm-hmm. for, uh, allowing us to, uh, experience any, so we just begin to speak those things out and, and then praying for each other and coming to our children and, and whispering in their ear prayers as we go to the Lord on their behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you, uh, when we say passionate, what, what are some things that maybe you think of? Like, I, I think more emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that we, if we're not careful, we may convey that, that if you're just more emotional right. and more loud or whatever. That's right. Um, but I think to what you, what everybody's been saying so far, when you look at it from a lens of scripture, uh, passionate prayer is, is basically a prayer of devotion. Like we're in mm-hmm. it. It's continual. It's not a, just a one moment, God, mm-hmm. I need you to do this. But yet in wrapping, wrapping ourselves around this entire thought of every day I'm dependent on God. And so I've got to go to him. Mm-hmm. I've got to go to him. So I think sometimes, at least for me, mm-hmm. I think of it as, all right, Suze, and, and Roland, you, you started early on where you talked about different postures. You got to be on your knees or close your eyes or put your hands together or whatever. And I, and I think most people think that. Or a lot of people maybe do, um, but passionate when I when when we define it and we start to look at scripture, is more of a faithful act of pursuing mm-hmm. God. You know, and and I think that that's what it becomes a a habit between you and your spouse, 
and you don't take it for granted because you're mm-hmm. continually seeking after God, but it brings the two of you together because mm-hmm. you got something in common that you're praying for, mm-hmm. for your story just now, your children, you know, and that should be a big part of our passionate prayer mm-hmm. <laughs> is our children. But there's other things, ministries that God gives us and opportunities that God gives us and, and so on. So it's, it's, you know, a persistence in prayer. It's a devotion mm-hmm. type of a, of a setting in, in our, in our marriage that we're pursuing passionately after God. Thinking back to the verse that you read, Tammy, at the beginning, if you remember Hannah, mm-hmm. it said Hannah was speaking in her heart. Mm-hmm. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. So That's yes, passionate can be the loud, it, you know, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Scripture mm-hmm. right there is, you know, Eli was confused because there was nothing coming out. Mm-hmm. That's right. But in her heart, boy, was she passionate. You know, I think of our, our house church that we're meeting in right now at Mazevo, mm-hmm. and I think of Sharon and I think of Rosie, two of our senior saints, <laughs> so we can call them. <laughs> um, yeah. And neither one of them is loud and boisterous, Mm-mm. but yet there is so much power that comes from those two ladies. And and this is what I think is awesome is um, last last Sunday we were having a conversation and a name came up. And Sharon, who is Tammy, mm-hmm. that's your mom, mm-hmm. she said, oh, yeah, and so-and-so, we've been praying, and these are some of the updates that, and she just followed mm-hmm. up on something that had been prayed for months and months ago mm-hmm. that, that they are fervently and passionately praying for mm-hmm. every day, and she had details about it. Yeah. That's That was impressive, and I mm-hmm. thought to myself, man, if that's our prayer warriors, we're in good shape. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he answers, doesn't he? You oh, know, he does, doubt, and I think that you know. So good. we, you know, as we as we close, I mean, we're we got a few minutes left here, so let's talk about a few more things. Um, a blog will be coming out soon on prayer, and one of the things that we were talking about when it comes to prayer is, many Susie, you started off by talking about eternally. A eternal perspective in our prayer time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the things we talked about was drawing closer to each other in our marriage. Um, and possibly maybe we can close it out guys with this thought of, um, exposing the lies of Satan in our prayer time mm-hmm. to each other, because if we call it out, it helps both of us to, to kind of be on the same page of what we're believing about God and what we're believing about mm-hmm. the evil one. Yeah. And one thing I'd like to throw out to our listeners, because as you're listening, you're thinking, wow, I'd really love to develop a deeper prayer life and certainly do this together as a couple. And again, it just depends on how you're wired. But I read a great book several years ago uh, called uh, A Praying Life by uh, Paul Miller. And for those of you that uh, write things out and you kind of, you're pretty, you're linear and you kind of need some tracks to run on. Paul Miller really outlined some great things, but here's one of the things that he says in his book, prayer is asking God to incarnate, Hmm. to, to transcend coming to us. It says to get dirty in your life. Yes. The eternal God scrubs floors for sure. We know he washes feet. So take Jesus at his word, ask him, Tell them what you want. Get dirty. Write out your prayer request. Mm. Don't mindlessly drift through life mm-hmm. on the American narcotic of busyness. So true. If you try to seize the day, the day will eventually break you. Mm. 
Seize the corner of his garment and don't let go until he blesses you. Hmm. He will reshape the day. Man, that's good. <laughs> and and isn't that a lie that the evil one gives us? Like, hey, you, you guys tackle the day. You know, motivate yeah. yourself. That's right. Pull yourself up from your bootstraps and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And we believe it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like we're... It, it seems like Jesus is distant and he's surrounded by so many people. So many people are going to him. And yet if we'll have faith and just find that little opening <laughs> mm. to just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. And he, what in that story, he said, who touched me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, where, where his disciples like, what do you mean? Who touched you? There's so many people around you. Everybody touched you, mm-hmm. but no, it's it's that person and that woman. Man, it mm-hmm. it's so good. I think that um, I think when you get away from it, you just forget it. It's kind of a constant reminder to go back to those truths that um, he is close mm-hmm. and he does listen. Man, the God of creation, mm-hmm. he leans in. I think that through prayer, when we seek to call out the enemy, um, you know, within our marriage and those lies and, mm-hmm. and remember that's who he is. He can't speak anything but lies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're very aware of the, uh, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers, of the big lies, mm-hmm. you know. But I think where Satan has his most victory mm-hmm. is in the small little traces of a lie that we just so subtly be- begin to believe. I know mm-hmm. that Nancy, Nancy Lee DeMoss wrote a study called Lies Women Believe. Mm-hmm. And I consider myself to be a pretty aware person. <laughs> I don't know if that's r- accurate, but I consider it. Somehow I fooled her back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I opened probably one of the first days of this study listed a list of about 10 to 12 lies that women believe. And I was like, okay, let me read this. And I read through those and I was like, Guilty, 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 Mm -hmm. guilty. And I could immediately begin to see how believing those small lies could create resentment in me. Mm -hmm. All because I'm believing something that God never even promised to me. Mm -hmm. But yet somehow, you know, in this American, Roland, that quote was pretty cool. American narcotic drug of busyness, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere in there, you know, you just begin to tend to feel like you deserve things. Mm-hmm. You know, I deserve a good night's sleep. I deserve a husband who mm-hmm. cherishes me. I deserve, you know, and all these things. And it's like, mm, not really sure where scripture promises that to me. I was reading mm-hmm. streams in the desert this morning and it just talked about the mm-hmm. object of your faith makes all the difference. You That's can right. have faith in God's promises. Mm-hmm. But when you are dreaming, oh, I wish that God would, you can't have faith in that. That's, you know, that's not where the faith lies. The faith lies is in the promises that he gives to us. And within marriage, it's so important to call out those lies. Otherwise, one small begins 5, 10, 15, 20. And before you know it, there's anger and resentment between you as a couple. And you're not even sure how it got there. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we can come together and do that 
because a lie that we believe is when a couple gets frustrated with each other and then the last thing you want to do is come together and pray. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really don't feel like praying right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet that's what God wants. <gasps> he, he wants to not only have us cultivate intimacy with him, but uh, intimacy with each other in prayer. Mm-hmm. I recently read uh, the story of uh, Tim Keller and I'm not sure if this is a recent story. I think it's fairly recent, but I guess he was diagnosed with cancer a little while back. And um, it was it was devastating. But he tells and I'm I was trying to look for the article. I'm not going to find it. it just came to me as we're talking here. But he this was what what he said. He says, my wife and I have enjoyed a season of prayer like no other. Mm-hmm. And she he said, we never want to go back mm. to the way it was before. And so when we think about in a season of, you know, and, and, and really he's, he's come a long way. He's, I mean, he, the chemo did its work, like the, and the prayer. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying like they, they, they treated it and he's responded, his body's responded well, thankfully. But, but that, you know, I look at that and I think the praise is the prayer. Mm-hmm. The praise is the communication with the Lord. The praise is they came together to pray mm-hmm. in a way that they had never prayed before. And that, that is what, you know, what we, what we need to be after. I know the answers to prayer, that's, that's, that's frosting, I guess, you know, that's icing mm-hmm. on the cake, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, but the, the part that, you know, that they'll never, and I, I just was very impressed by that because I know that it is true. You go through a trial and you're you're desperate in prayer and and you you know you come together with your spouse and 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 you never want to go back and those are the stories there's there's probably thousands and thousands of stories like that of mm-hmm. couples that have have gone through trials and and had that that's such a sweet season of prayer when this is all you had mm-hmm. and and I think that that's what God wants is yes. for us to come to him with, with all of it. And even the little things, like I think sometimes, oh, you know, I'm not going to bother him with that. You know, <laughs> it's so little, I can, I can fix it. You know, what are you struggling, struggling with? For me, I can say there's a dozen things I struggle with on a daily basis. And why is it that we just are like, Lord, just, you know, why is it that those little things we just don't feel like we can pray for? Mm -hmm. You know, we think it's only the big things, you know, we need to pray for, you know, what is it? What is it in in the child's, in your child? You know, when we talk about reigning in spiritual warfare, Mm -hmm. it's over our families, over our kids. Mm -hmm. Those are, that's the realm that God, that is Mm -hmm. the... Gosh, when we talk about reigning in spiritual warfare, that's what God's given us. So mm-hmm. we can reign over that. We can pray over them like like nobody else can because mm-hmm. we see things. You know, you, what do you see in your spouse? What do you see? You know, what can you pray together for mm-hmm. each other? And as we know? pray, we exercise the authority. The authority. Mm-hmm. That God's given to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not just... Um, like a charismatic belief that the authority, I mean, that's given to us. That mm-hmm. That's that's scripture. You know, that's what we can, you know, but I think that we minimize our authority yeah. in the dominion the Lord gives us yeah. over prayer and, and praying over the things that that are, are in our in mm-hmm. our sphere, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. we and we and I think passionate pursuit should should have a charismatic side to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we shouldn't allow uh, exposure to things that are 
could be potentially unhealthy or abused or exaggerated to to rob us uh, of the uninhibited way that God wants us to approach him. In fact, the four of us experienced something really neat at a conference recently where mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. a dedicated prayer time. And without going into all the details of it, it, it we, we were all impressed by uh, an older pastor in his 70s who got up and began to practice a prayer of deliverance, deliverance of strongholds that many people in the room, we all struggle. We all have a stronghold that we're asking God to deliver us from. And he began to call different ones out. But here's mm-hmm. the thing is it, it, it wasn't sensational. It wasn't drawing attention it to wasn't himself. Loud. <laughs> he, he wasn't mm-hmm. loud. Uh, but we kind of sat to listen to the Holy Spirit move. And we sat in a pot. We, that, that that was a silent posture of prayer mm-hmm. as he spoke. But then we moved to the different couples leading the retreat. The the our two couples being one of them in different parts of the room and calling for people to step out uh, to be prayed for. Mm-hmm. And so all of us experienced some really powerful times of prayer with other people. And so that's really neat too. Mm-hmm. That it's not only uh, intimacy with the Lord. And intimacy that we can experience with each other as a couple in prayer, but the connection that we can have relationally with with other people and praying mm-hmm. for them, and and so we just uh, uh, let's work through whatever it is that's keeping us mm-hmm. from passionately pursuing prayer together as a couple and with others. Yeah. As we close, I think if you're if you're looking at it from a lens of faith, I think what you end up finding is it brings a, a greater connection between you and God. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, the benefit is a greater connection with you, your spouse. Yes. And so we pray for that. We pray for that from for you. Be, uh, and then begin to count your blessings. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've not done this. I wish I, I would have. But write down the blessings that come from it. Mm-hmm. Um Express gratitude. I know that that being thankful is another aspect of prayer, mm-hmm. of what God is going to do in and through your marriage. Mm-hmm. And so we encourage you to passionately pursue prayer in your marriage. Thank you for tuning into the Christian Family Life Podcast be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.